0: This is the Undefeated Sports Network.
1: What's up everybody good evening and welcome into another episode of sport court right here on the undefeated sports network I am Tarbill as always joined With my guy Angelo Ace Camacho What's up Ace? How are we doing tonight, man?
0: What up Tarbill? Nice to talk with you. I know we had a uh, some parenting things come in the way of Thursday and Fridays or uh, Thursday and Wednesday, but you know, we're we're here on a Friday night Friday night special uh, just Absolutely, to, to recap uh, some, some sports topics today.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, as parents and in life, things happen. Unfortunately, uh, my five-year-old's been down sick the last few days, and that still continues tonight. But uh, mom's home until she goes to work tonight, so here we are.
0: Hell yeah, man. Let's... Uh... A lot of big things to jump into. So, I mean, where do you want to start? We were going to talk a little bit of MLB. We were going to talk a little uh, recap
1: baseball or uh, Bears Packers. You know, I say we start with some MLB tonight, Ace. It's not something that we've touched on a lot lately, uh, but there's been some big news for the Cubs uh, in free agency acquisitions, a couple moves that I myself am really excited about for the future of this organization. And. What a better place to start than some MLB baseball. Oh, so yeah. let's dive right into it. So starting out on the MLB hot stove is Dansby Swanson coming to the north side. Let's go. Indeed. Let's get right into it, Ace. What's First your off, thoughts? let me
0: just say, Dansby Swanson doesn't necessarily scream baseball name. Sounds more of like no, a, a food delivery service. Yeah. Um, but you know, for... I think you're
1: thinking of the Swan Man, there.
0: <laughs> <Mary. laughs> yeah, I know. It's um, I I, you know, the the Cubs were talked to being, you know, in the mix for Correa and um, Xander Bogart. Uh, Bogart ended up going to the Padres, I believe. Right, and um, right. Correa hasn't signed yet, but it's there's thoughts that he's going to end up in. I, I thought I seen New York. Sorry, I'm looking at the moment to see what the rumored ones were. Uh,
1: I think the New York Mets were one of them. That yeah, I that's saw. the
0: other one, the Mets, and Yankees. Yeah. So I mean, New York basically. Um, it says New York, that, New York. <laughs> yeah, it says that the Yankees were working on something big for him. Um, I mean, I don't know how much bigger you can get after you pay Aaron Jones all the money that you paid him, but... I that mean, was like- an
1: insane contract. Can I just stop you there, Ace? I do have to say, you know, each and every season, we see the number of players getting these giant contracts just significantly increase. And, you know, especially with guys like Aaron Judge, I, I'm always, I always go back to the Bobby Benila deal, right? He got... However much money he got spread out over the course of 20-plus years, and he's still right. getting paid, hasn't right. played in the MLB since 2002, I believe. That's the best and
0: contract ever.
1: is still receiving over a million dollars annually. You know, obviously, uh, these guys in today's game are getting hugely front-loaded contracts. You look at guys like Aaron Judge, uh, for instance, number one this season, but then even in the past, the Mike Trouts and those type of names tend to uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. These guys all tend to get very heavily loaded deals that are very player friendly just to keep the players within the organization. And, you know, sometimes it works out, but also you're rolling the dice even when you've got a Hall of Fame type caliber player signing them to a nine-year contract. I mean, In nine years, is Aaron Judge going to be the Aaron Judge of today? Absolutely not. not. You're paying for, you know, those two to three, maybe four spectacular seasons that you get out of a player. And then after that, obviously these players go on the decline. It's just how it goes, especially in baseball being such a complex sport where, you know, a lot of guys don't see the majors until they're in their mid to late 20s, unless they're just generational talent. So it's... I For mean, even me, Chris
0: Bryant didn't come up right away. You know what I, you know what I right. mean? Like, that's the thing that sucks most about baseball is even if you you pick up these good prospects and you haven't an five to six years Bryant, away, right? Exactly. So you you get all that hype at the moment, and then you got to wait five years to see them even come up to the majors.
1: Well, and I think that you bring an interesting point up with that because that's kind of where the Cubs are right now. Yes, obviously the Cubs have made a couple really good acquisitions uh, over the past few days um getting the pitcher from the New York Yankees was a nice pickup and then obviously the the news that everybody knows and the news that everyone is either hyped or very upset about is the Bellinger trade, right? Or the Bellinger acquisition, I should say. You go out and you give Bellinger uh seventeen and a half million dollars to come play here in Chicago on a one year deal. And it's it's just as much a prove it year for him as it is for a lot of the guys on the Cubs roster this upcoming season. I think that uh, his performance tapered off a little bit in 2022 overall. If you look at the stats, and I will be interested to see how he does with a change of scenery. You know, especially in baseball, you see these guys so often go on a little bit of a decline, and then they go to a new home. Uh, kind of have a second resurgence within their career. And all of a sudden you're talking about a guy that could be really solid for this organization. So I'm excited with the Bellinger acquisition. What's your thoughts, Ace? Are you excited? Are you cautious? So, I mean,
0: it's a a one-year deal, right? Prove a deal, which for this Cubs team I don't think is a bad thing. Um, I think they're really banking on the fact that maybe the last couple years were not – the Cody Bellinger that they're hoping flourishes with the Cubs. You know, in 2019, that was before the pandemic, he was – his average was 305. Like, that's a that's a solid right. average. And then it kind of tapered down in, to, in 2020. It was 239. 21, it was uh, 165. And then last season, it was 210. So, I mean, and his home run oh. numbers dropped. He, he – uh, 17, he had 39. 18 he had 25 in 19 he had 47 and then okay. 12 10 and 19 so you see the power kind of dip there um i if you can get cody bellinger and he gives you i don't know let's say if if he bats 25. a 260
1: right if he bats I mean, a 260 with let's say 25 home runs it's a significant upgrade to what you had their last season. Obviously, I think the Cubs are going to play him in the outfield rather than at first. Uh, All signs would point to that thus far, but he's a guy that you picked up for his bat, right? Mm -hmm. And he's just as good of a fielder as Jason Hayward. I mean, obviously Cubs fans, when Hayward was brought in, he wasn't brought in for his fielding ability. I mean, you could argue that he was, but ultimately they were trying to add another piece with a hot bat. Right And you just saw Hayward never come to fruition here in Chicago. I am so glad that we're done with that atrocious contract. I cannot believe the Cubs organization gave that man as much money as they did and let him stay on the team for as long as they did. I mean, he was basically done midway through the season, wasn't playing, but he was still on the contract and uh, still absorbing that hit. So, it's good to see the Cubs take a chance on a guy like Bellinger. You get him strictly for his bat. He's he's an above-average fielder, I would say, and he's pretty good at first base, too. So if you need a guy to bridge the first base position for whatever reason, injury or uh, something happens, you make a trade, and now you need him to be your number one first baseman, right. I'm comfortable with that, too. He's a dynamic young – I don't want to say young, but younger player. He's dynamic, and he's – really a power hitter as you alluded to. So if he can get the power going here in Chicago, like I said, if we see 25 home runs out of Cody Bellinger this year, I think that's a win-win for the Cubs. And I think they try to sign him to a little bit more team friendly deal uh, going into the 2023, 2024 off season.
0: Right. Right. I mean, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You move on from at the end of the year. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's not my money. The seven, you know, the seventeen million isn't my money, so I don't really care. I'm more worried about production. Is this guy going to come exactly. in and, you know, the Cubs, while they weren't a great team last year, they definitely finished the season stronger than I think anybody expected. Um, oh, after absolutely! The, after the All Star break, it just seemed kind of like they were all playing to prove something, and a lot of those guys were. You know what I mean? Like a oh, lot of these guys, they, they don't know if they're going to be on other teams. This was this was an opportunity for some of the guys to, to show, Hey, we, we can be here on this team also. Now, one of the bigger things that happened to the Cubs other than acquisitions is the departure of Wilson Contreras. And that's what I just
1: wanted. That's what I just wanted to get into. I mean, we've got a guy phenomenal player, Wilson Contreras, man. I loved the heart and energy that this guy brought to the Chicago Cubs organization. As you're rebuilding and trying to expand on this thing with a lot of younger players, I personally see no sense in getting rid of a guy like Wilson Contreras. I He's
0: don't either. A leader
1: of leader of men in the locker room, uh, in, in the dugout, I guess not so much locker room because we're talking baseball, right. but leader of men clubhouse. in the dugout clubhouse, clubhouse. uh, just a guy that brings overall positive energy to the team, really good at the catcher position, uh vastly underrated, I, I would argue.
0: I think so too. I think he was he that the arm that he displayed all the time to get guys out, he had it, you know, a, a laser target, boom. Especially when, when Baez was on the team. Him and Baez just had this they connection. Had
1: undeniable chemistry, right? But I mean, I I was glad glad he moved on. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yes, because if you go and look at him now, in Detroit, it's it's not going well. None of the guys. This is what I will say. None of the guys that they have gotten rid of, other than Kyle Schwarber and Anthony Rizzo to an extent, have really gone on to have have really gone on to do anything. Um, So you look at it in two ways. You can look at it as either okay, the Cubs made a dumb decision. They moved on from a guy who was basically the leader left on that team from the 16 World Series champions. Or you look at it as maybe they're moving on at the right time.
1: And only time will tell, right? He signed a five-year deal with the St. Louis Cardinals. So it's going to be tough to see Wilson wearing that ugly red come regular season. But – Man, ultimately, I mean, I did not like the Wilson Contreras move, but as you said, maybe the organization is seeing something in him that they just didn't think five more years with the Cubs would be beneficial. And, you know, I'm at the end of the day, I'm not okay with it, but I can live with it, especially if he goes out to St. Louis and he doesn't perform at the level that he did in Chicago. As you alluded to, really with the exception of Kyle Schwarber, this team has moved on from some players who have gone to other teams and not performed well. Right. Uh, KB, although he had the injury last year, didn't perform as well as he did in Chicago when he was healthy. And That dude has honest, had a hard
0: time staying healthy.
1: I was going to say, let's be honest. The last two to three years in Chicago, it was nothing but injury riddled. It was like I was seeing Derrick Rose on the baseball field, but – Yep, I don't, I don't want to go that far back and date myself and get all sad about the Derrick Rose injuries, but yeah, and
0: tonight's uh, not the night to get into the Bulls because let me tell you, that team we talked about it a couple weeks ago, they're exactly what I told you they were,
1: so, hot garbage,
0: hot garbage,
1: they are hot garbage. I agree. By um, the way,
0: I know it's kind of weird that I'm wearing a winter hat inside, but um, shout out to Obvious Shirts, uh, I got this in a Twitter competition. A Twitter giveaway, I guess it is, and uh, I just awesome. saw a rocket today. I love this hat, and we we're talking Bears, so I figured. Why I know that's if going on.
1: had you told me pre-show, I would have worn my uh, Chicago Bears cursive B beanie that I have oh, as well. We could do but a beanie bye week show on Sunday. Maybe we do that. We shall see. Uh, <laughs> but back to the Cubs in general, man. I'm I'm excited with the young prospects that this team has. I think that. Again, it's always five to six years away when you've got a bunch of young guys, and that's ultimately the Cubs are not going to compete next year. Acquiring Cody Bellinger and uh, acquiring the pitcher that they did from New York, his name eludes me right now. I
0: mean, even if they did sign uh, Swanson also, you know, he's not – I wouldn't say he's not like a, a superstar caliber player. He's a good player. He's a solid player, which I think would add to the lineup. Um, you know, he hit 25 home runs last year, um, 96 RBIs, which is a pretty solid year. And I don't think the, I think the Cubs can get a couple players like Swanson and then maybe somebody else for the same price that they would if they were to go after Correa.
1: Oh, I agree. A hundred percent, uh, looking at our next topic, man, uh, Let me remove our banner here so the fans can see what we got going on here because you did an excellent job with this, I thought so. Reports are stating that the MLB used juiced balls during the 2022 season. Juicy balls. I really enjoyed that overlay you did there, Ace. But in all seriousness, you know, the MLB is so hypocritical, right? Without a doubt. I'm
0: so glad you, you started this way.
1: You see this report come out that they're using juiced baseballs during the season. And you, I'm the name is eluding me that uh, the players were using the stick 'em substance on their caps. Yeah, Spider
0: Tack or something?
1: Spider Tack. Yeah. So these pitchers were using Spider Tack, rubbing the top of their hat and putting it on the ball to give them more control. And then they say, "Whoa, you can't do that. That's a banned substance. What are you doing?" And you know, a bunch of guys. Right, now they um, got
0: guys on the mound getting checked. You know, yeah, we're
1: gonna come out and check your hat mid-game, and yep. a whole bunch of stupid, elaborate, unnecessary stuff that just makes baseball more boring than it is. To I let me ask Cubs, you this: Cubs baseball is not boring, but baseball in general is not the most exciting sport in the world. Hate me for my opinion. That's just... No, I mean,
0: I, I would much rather be at a game than watch a game on TV. Now, I've yes, watched that's what I was trying baseball to games to. on TV, but there's nothing like being in the stadium, you know, in the ballpark, exactly. watching the game happen. Um, just being in that atmosphere. I, so, from what but... I read on Yahoo Sports is that they were... The Yankees had the most usage of these baseballs, and... It of course kinda, they did, right? It, yeah, it kind of th- that's why I wanted to bring it up, man, because baseball has this weird thing about having certain players in the hall of fame for, for using steroids or corked bat with Sammy. Like Sammy can't even go back to the Cubs to Wrigley Field ever for a corked bat. Or you know what I mean? Or like,
1: betting on or betting on their own. Right, team.
0: like Pete Rose. Yeah, exactly. Pete Rose. <laughs> but but you got an organization that so basically handed Aaron Judge the home run title, you know, after all the scrutiny with Barry Bonds, I think they did it just to put Aaron judge as the new face of that record.
1: So here's my opinion. And it's probably going to be an unpopular one. Barry Bonds is the home run leader at the end of the day, whether he was, or was not using steroids at the time that he broke the record That record still belongs to Barry Bonds, 71, I believe it was, in 2001, correct? And that was uh, pre-me watching a lot of baseball, to be honest. Uh, I was in my early teens and didn't really focus on sports as much then, but I remember seeing the electricness of the race between Mark McGuire and uh, Sammy Sosa and Barry Bonds ultimately uh all just slugging home runs night after night after night. Maguire and Sosa going at it. That saved
0: know, baseball, bro.
1: That saved baseball. Without and at the mind. end of the day, whether you like it or not, those guys changed the game of baseball for better or worse. I mean, and ultimately, you know, Sammy with the corked bats and, everything that's gone on, all of the quote-unquote cheating mm-hmm. that's been captured in baseball, here's the problem. Everyone was doing it. It was in the 80s, they were doing all sorts of drugs in the locker rooms, mm-hmm. right? You always hear about that. And then in the 90s to early 2000s, it was the quote-unquote steroid era. Well, how unfair is it for these guys to do steroids if 70% of the league was doing steroids? I don't right. Right, and, like
0: is it, and we we put seventy percent. You know, we
1: and we don't really, know. I,
0: I always felt like steroids was a weird thing to get upset about for baseball because it's football, a weird hill I, to
1: die on for sure. Well, right, right,
0: like football, I understand because you're using your body as a tool to separate the ball from somebody or to score touchdowns or whatever. But baseball is more than just power. You have to be able to, to see the pitch. You have to be able to hit the pitch. You have to be able to, you know, understand the game situation that you're in. There's so much more that goes into baseball than just, oh, hey, uh, I'm juiced up. I'm going to jack home runs. It's not that simple. And I think to, to get mad over steroids, especially during an era where basically everybody was doing it to some extent. And right. You know,
1: it's, I just think it's
0: an awkward, it's, it's a weird scenario.
1: So let me ask you this. If steroids were legally controlled and applied to every player in the MLB at the same growth rate or whatever, I don't know a lot about steroids. Obviously I'm a fat guy, but uh, ultimately if everybody in the MLB was doing steroids that were medically, I don't want to say prescribed, but uh, given to the players. Would there be an issue with that? No. The only reason people would
0: still cheat though. Like that's there's the always,
1: that's the right. point I'm trying to allude to is there would be something else on top of the steroids. Yes. These guys would be out here like the fucking liver King saying, I'm not doing steroids and then coming out and saying he did steroids. I don't, I don't know if you know who the liver King is Ace, but he's this jacked up guy that runs around without a shirt and claims that he oh, eats got... like
0: raw meat and stuff. Yeah. Right?
1: He eats testicles and liver and he got super strong by doing nothing but lifting and eating liver and following these ancestral. Talk about, so, and then talking about balls. He and then right in, <laughs> then this man comes out this week and says, what's up everybody. I lied. I do steroids. Like, Duh. It wasn't a it wasn't a fucking surprise, dude. Nobody
0: <laughs> nobody no. thought
1: that you were natural. Nobody thinks the bodybuilders are natural. No. And honestly, if you drug tested everyone in baseball, right? Now I'm sure there's still a percentage of the population that uses steroids of some sort, whether it's HGH to help recover from an injury or I don't even know the names of the other steroids, but Me ultimately like if you're, it's just, there's always going to be something for the baseball fan to complain about that. This isn't fair or this isn't even. And ultimately we go to this, we go to the juiced balls. It's the same thing. Well, I everybody's mean, also... going to cheat in some way.
0: Right. And, and you know, they make a big deal out of Pete Rose and what are the Cubs building actively right now? next to Wrigley Field, a sports book. Like Right. What do you what? You're gonna build it, a sports book attached to Wrigley Field, but you're not gonna give Pete Rose his flowers. I I it's just
1: it kills I, me, man. And I think it's largely because of the group I don't mean to point fingers at anyone, but the group that uh does the baseball hall of fame inductions, they're they're a bunch of older gentlemen. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of young faces on that committee at at this point. And I think as the times change and evolve, I think more guys our age, late 20s, mid 30s, uh, end up getting onto that board here in the near future. Um, I do believe someday you'll see Barry Bond's name in the Hall of Fame. I do believe someday you'll see Mark McGuire in the Hall of Fame. It's just, it's not a matter of if to me, it's a matter of when. Right. I think I think the narrative will shift, and you've seen over the years. Even Mark McGuire was welcomed back to the Cardinals, and you know everything like that. Right. So ultimately, I think that you will see these guys uh, in the Hall of Fame at some point, and I think the narrative will change. Point being here, the Juice Balls is no different than anything else. I do believe that ultimately. In baseball, people will always find a way to cheat, whether it's steroids, whether it's juice balls, whether it's spider tech, baseball players will always find a way to cheat because they want that little bit of an edge because baseball is such a competitive sport that any ounce of difference can be giant to a player, exactly. whereas in football or basketball, the skill gaps not as much there right everyone that plays basketball in the nba that's in a starting five is a top tier player not everyone in baseball is a top tier player there's it's a much tougher skill gap is what i'm trying to allude to so ultimately i think we'll see what happens but i think it'll be something else next year is ultimately what i'm trying to say yeah next year we'll be talking about some other substance that they're putting on the balls or They're greasing the bats with this, this new cork-like substance is being put in the bats, whatever it is, there ultimately will be something else that these guys find to use. And I guess it's unfortunate. Maybe it is to the diehard baseball fan. But to me, the steroid era of baseball was the best baseball we ever got to witness. Yeah, I mean, home runs are exciting. No one likes, I hate pitchers duels. I went to the Cubs-Sox game, the Crosstown game in on the south side uh, this past season. The game was scoreless through the seventh inning. I almost fell asleep in my seat. I actually may have dozed off for like five minutes, not going to lie, but that's I hate pitchers' duels, man. Some people love them. That's not me. I hate defensive football. I don't want to see a game that's 7-3 to three in football. I want to see a game that's 41-3. 34, that much more excites me. Right. I've been offensive and scoring-minded type fan. That's how I am personally as a fan. And to me, the steroid, quote-unquote steroid era in baseball was the most exciting era that, thus far in the history of baseball. I mean, you just think about Sammy Sosa walking up to the plate and calling his shot.
0: You used to to watch TV, and it didn't matter what you were watching – They would split the screen and show Sammy or Mark McGuire's at bat just to see if they were going to hit a home run. And that was every time.
1: Yep. Absolutely. And you, it cuts to them doing batting practice on the freaking side during the game mm -hmm. because you never know what was going to happen. I mean, those guys were electric and I loved watching that baseball. I don't, if they did steroids, they didn't do steroids is not for me to decide or debate. Right. I just think those were the best years of baseball personally. Yep, but,
0: I want to watch good home. Oh, we got a uh, Tyler
1: in the, Oh, there we go. There we go. Steroids save baseball. Can't punish guys when the MLB allowed it to happen at the time. It wasn't even tested for, they inducted sailing into the hall of fame and he oversaw it all. Absolutely right. Our guy, Tyler DeMauze jumping on to comment, uh, Tyler, couldn't agree with you more, man. They s- did save baseball, and indeed, it was overlooked until it was a problem, right?
0: Yep. And, and I mean, mm-hmm. even if you look at this year, Aaron Jones, it wasn't, like, as big. I, at least it didn't seem to me, like, as, you know, newsworthy when he was chasing the record as it did in the past. And I don't know if that's just me or, you know if that's how you've seen it too, watching
1: this season. I, to oh. me, though, it just wasn't as... Excuse me, that's exactly what I saw, Ace. You know, everyone everyone that's a New York Yankees fan was really hyping up the fact that, oh my God, Judge is going to get the record. Fans of the other teams in the MLB didn't care. Right. It wasn't publicized. It wasn't put out there in the media as much as it was in years prior. Like you said, when Barry Bonds broke the home run record, you could be watching Survivor on TV, and they would literally add a third of the screen to Barry Bonds at bat and the counter to see if he was going to break the record, you know, as he got close there, obviously, towards the end of the season. So for me, it's all about what draws the ratings to baseball and what resurges baseball. I don't have the answer to that. But I tell you what, you have to find a way to get these young fans involved and engaged in the sport of baseball, because you see it more and more. These younger guys, I would say twenty-five and younger, are really having a hard time connecting to the game of baseball right now. And, and, and if- I know
0: that this this wasn't intended to turn into like this big giant, um, you know what what'll save baseball, you know, conversation. <laughs>
1: It wasn't. But, uh, sorry. I took it a no, little no, no. on a there. No, no, no. There,
0: I, I, I'm, I'm into the conversation. I think the problem with baseball is the athletes themselves don't market themselves as well as they do in other sports. Um, you look at guys like, whether you like it or not, like LeBron or... Um, I Kyrie do not like or, it. Right. Well, I mean, but think about like those guys, they're out in the media, they're talking, they have people that they you know following them on on all these other platforms same thing with football you got guys like Patrick Mahomes and even Baker Mayfield to an extent with when he was doing all those Hulu commercials or State Farm commercials like
1: (laughs) when he was living at the stadium I really enjoyed those so did I I thought
0: those were great but like baseball players don't do that you might see one or two in like a Subway ad here and there but nothing that like Right. focuses on them like i remember listening to espn 1000 a few years ago when they were talking about like would anybody even know if bryce harper was walking down the street if it was bryce harper
1: like probably not right you No, know, unless right. you're a diehard bryce harper fan exactly but if
0: you're walking down the street you're gonna notice you know lebron james or you know Giannis, Kyrie, right Giannis, you're gonna yep. notice or any of know, those guys you would right. notice
1: them right away I think that run up Major League a Baseball signature. has
0: – they really have to f- try to figure out a way to market, especially to the younger audience. You know, my son plays baseball, and he loves it. But to get him to sit down and watch a baseball game, it's almost it's impossible. Tough, is it not? Yes. It is. It's
1: almost impossible. So – But I know as we, much we, we as were talking about I was gonna Baker. say Yeah, I was going to say I want to allude back to Baker Mayfield – yeah, why don't we transition uh, our talk into football at the same time? Yeah, why uh, don't we? Uh, if take you want to
0: break and then jump into some football,
1: absolutely, let's do it. We will be that. And we are back here on Sport Court, and court is in session right here on the Undefeated Sports Network. I am Tarbill. To my left is Angelo Ace Camacho. And let's switch gears here, Ace, and get right into football. So, as you've got the W illustration there in the getting (laughs) baked overlay, which I'm really enjoying, Baker Mayfield leads the Rams to a thrilling win over the Las Vegas Raiders helping the Chicago bears hold on to the second overall draft pick. I think that's more exciting than the fact that Baker Mayfield was act- actually able to win a game. The fact that <laughs> Baker Mayfield helped the bears secure the number two draft pick a little that's bit why tighter. I,
0: that's why I wanted to bring this topic up because otherwise, you know, normally we wouldn't talk about a, we would not Rams talk about game.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Right. But there were implications of the outcome for the bears. And at this exact moment, the Bears have a, a better chance now of, of holding on to that second overall draft pick. And we talked a couple of weeks ago about the importance of maintaining that first or second round or first or second pick because of the um because of the importance of the quarterback position in the first two picks. The drop-off from the second quarterback to the third in this draft is is a big
1: It's monumental. It's a bigger skill gap than we've ever seen, honestly, in this upcoming draft class. And, I mean, going back to Baker and them uh, solidifying the number two – I don't want to say solidifying, but helping the Bears move one spot closer um, ultimately is just very good news for the Chicago Bears – because they can do so much with this draft pick power that they possess at the number two, if they manage to hang on to that spot,
0: right? And I, and and I know you know you're going to hear the, oh, how can you guys claim to be
1: fans when you're cheering for for them to be in at the second pick? I'm cheering for Justin Fields. I think I made that abundantly clear before the season started. I am cheering for Justin Fields. Right? If Justin Fields goes out there and balls out. By the way, Justin Fields, same number of touchdowns as Kirk Cousins this year. There's a stat that'll blow your mind. Just saying. Ultimately, Justin Fields is developing at the pace that we want to see him develop. And I've said that time and time again, that's all that matters. To I me love that season. little
0: nugget that you just kind of like lay up there for us. Like that, Justin Fields and Kirk cousins have the same amount of touchdowns. Is pretty, uh, it, it it catches it's the me by surprise. obviously,
1: obviously Kirk doesn't have any of his with his legs, Right. but ultimately 21 is 21. Right. And that's we what it goes back it to. Before. We talked about this weeks ago. Yep. It's these fair weather fans that want to see Justin Fields throw for 350 yards. He'll do that with a better offensive line with better weapons behind him. I have no doubt. I watched the kids' tape since high school. I know what he's capable of. You see the big-time throws, the 50-yard ball downfield to Nikhil Harry last week. Spot on the money. You see the, there was another 40-plus yarder down the field in the same game. I mean, Justin Fields can make magic happen. Mm -hmm. And as I've alluded to time and time again, that is all that matters, my friends. Ultimately... Justin Fields developing into the quarterback of the future for the Chicago Bears team, which I personally believe he's done. I'm ready to call him the franchise quarterback ace. I know we oh, made without, that we made yeah. that uh, designation last week. There should be no doubt left in anyone's mind that Justin Fields is the future of this organization. I see the meathead fans wanting to draft Bryce Young. Yeah, or C.J. Stroud. Let's have two quarterbacks from Ohio State. Get out of here. We don't have time yeah, for that. No. Who? I know I
0: talked about it a couple of weeks ago about a guy that I heard call in to one thousand who was like, you know, we got the the number two pick, so why not look to trade Justin and then use that number two pick on a quarterback and then use whatever? Like, why and be in the because same what,
1: position that you're in right now? Right.
0: The 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 hope of that number two pick is to be where Justin Fields is traje- his trajectory right now. That's what you want these quarterbacks
1: to be. We got a question here in the chat from Brandon. If they get the number two pick, do they trade back for more picks? Absolutely. And that's what I want to see happen, Ace. I wanted to get into that uh, kind of as an update. I know we've touched on the draft positioning. Real real
0: quick, I just want to touch on one more topic of the of the yardage stuff that you were saying, and then we'll jump Absolutely.
1: to that question. Absolutely. Go ahead. Go ahead.
0: So Aaron Rodgers, right? On Karen Sunday, Rogers. threw for 182 yards. He had a QBR of 85. Okay? Justin Fields threw for 254 yards. Like, the the idea of, oh, well, he hasn't thrown enough. He can't win a game. It doesn't. All you want your quarterback to do is put is your win team. win games. Right. Put your team in the best position to win a game. And if that means that he throws for 180 yards and runs for 100 and they win those games, then guess what? He did his job.
1: Exactly what you said a few weeks ago, Ace, on the pregame. Yep. If the Bears had a different record right now, if this Chicago Bears organization had three losses instead of three wins, oh, and if you think about how many close games the Bears have lost this season, where they really score 30-plus points, and then in the fourth quarter, something silly happens. Maybe the brass calls down and says, hey, we're thinking about that draft pick. you got to lose but make it competitive. I don't know. That's all speculation. But ultimately, I mean, this team has been competitive this year. It's not like we're getting blown out each and every week. Like we've seen with previous offenses, Justin Fields is giving this team a chance to win games, each and every week with the very limited weapons that he has your best receiver right now is chase Claypool. Chase Claypool's great, but he's not a number one.
0: No, no, we don't
1: have a number one on this team yet. No. And I've said Darnell Mooney. I don't want to hear it all die on Darnell Darnell Mooney is
0: not a number one. He is a good number two. He would be a number three on most teams in the NFL on Sunday for for the out of hibernation show, I want to go through the Bears roster and break down some of these pieces that people are so high on, like the wide receiver position. And I want to go through, you know, a couple other teams and you know see where we would rank Darnell Mooney amongst their top wide receivers. But I like it.
1: You know, it's that's the bad thing about Chicago Bears fans. Us as Chicago sports fans in general. Don't know how to just accept when we have a good thing. Right. You are seeing the best quarterback that the Chicago Bears have ever had in franchise history right now in Justin Fields. You are seeing a kid that's putting everything on the table week after week to do what he needs to do to make this team succeed, whether that's run the ball for 180 yards or throw the ball for 250 yards or do both. Justin Fields is putting up 350 to 400 yards consistently per game between the pass and the ground attack. And he's doing it better than the man is setting NFL records in his second season. Yep. And you're ready to dismiss it. I don't understand it
0: under under a first year offense. Right. I do not understand it. Me either, but let's get back to Brandon's question. Um, You know, absolutely. Would the bears look to trade that pick? I think, I think they a, do. There's a lot more holes on this team than getting a dominant end rush will fix. Um, I, so, I, so let's
1: talk about that. Let's yeah. go through that process. So with the number two pick, if you stay at number two, which the Bears really have no, there the Bears have no reason, in my opinion, to stay at number two. Because picks one and two are going to be quarterback. Do the Bears need a quarterback? Nope. No, I I think we just answered that question. So, ultimately, the Bears go, let's say they trade down to the five or six spot. I'm thinking the deal's done with Detroit, man. I've said it early on, and I've hit on some things in the two and a half years that we've been podcasting together. I truly believe that the Detroit Lions trade the farm to the Chicago Bears to get up to that number two pick to draft C.J. Stroud. I think you see Bryce Young go at one. They get nervous. They pick up the phone. Clearly, they're not afraid to trade within their division. They traded an A-plus tight end within the division for no reason. Right. For barely any compensation. I think the Detroit Lions pick up the phone and trade up with the Chicago Bears. So if we fall back, let's say, to even spot five or six, you gotta think Jalen Carter, or so. Uh, the you projected... got I like Jalen Carter will still be there with that spot, and you can trade back for some more draft capital. In my opinion, Yo, we I... got a we got a comment from Michael here in the chat. The chat's blowing up tonight, guys. The Lions <laughs> were drunk when they traded the tight end to the Vikings. I couldn't agree with you more, Michael. I don't understand the reasoning behind that at all. Yeah. I think it was a horrible it move. It was strange,
0: especially within the division. It was definitely odd.
1: It would have been a bad move if they traded him to an AFC East team that they play once every four years. Like That is true. It didn't make any sense to make that move for the Lions. They're not afraid to make moves within the, the division was ultimately the point that I was trying to allude right. to, though. And I think you see that benefit the Bears. So let's run through the current draft order real I was, quick. You
0: know what's funny? I have it pulled up right in front of me. And I was just well, going to do that. Look at that. Great minds. thinking all right.
1: alike. Great minds thinking alike. All right. So the current draft order is set. And I guess I've, I'm going to give you one and two. And you tell me if I'm wrong. Number one is Bryce Young. Number two is CJ Stroud, right?
0: Um. So I actually have Bryce Young number one. And then Will Anderson number two.
1: Will Anderson number two. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then Will, Will Anderson, Anderson is...
0: I'm sorry, go ahead. And then Will Levis is number three. And then it's DJ
1: Strode. Okay, so Stroud goes fourth in this projection. And Mm -hmm. honestly, I guess that depends on positioning, right? Do the teams one through four need a quarterback? How does this all shake out? But I think as Anderson is a generational talent. He's a guy that's going to make an immediate impact on whatever team he goes to. Now, if that's the Chicago Bears i'm happy i think we saw our guy eric lambert from sports mockery say that he thinks matt eberflus pounds the table and gets uh gets the other option there in jalen carter if we stay with the number two pick i don't know man i think honestly we saw ryan poles is not afraid to trade back in the draft last year Mm-hmm. Our guy Tyler in the chat saying Hawkinson was due for a contract and we didn't want to pay him. I'm sorry, not we, the Detroit lions <laughs> right. didn't want to pay. So, him.
0: so here's, here's the top 10 picks as of right now. If the draft was tomorrow, these are the teams ready. I'm going to tell you if they need a quarterback. Okay. So number right, one, Houston go. Texans. Yes. Okay. Number two, the bears. No. All right. Number three is the Seattle Seahawks a pick that they got from Denver for Russell Wilson.
1: I think the Seahawks ride it out with Geno. So I'm going to say no.
0: Okay. I think that they look to get a younger quarterback and possibly keep Geno at the same time.
1: But um, even then you're not taking one of the number three. Right. Quarter- they they may, you taking may, a, a right. fourth round. You're taking that kid from Kentucky. That's going to go way higher than he should.
0: Right. They're definitely going to need some, uh, offensive line help in seattle um then you have the lions from the rams uh, the trade that they did with matt stafford
1: yes they need a quarterback they're not riding with jared goff
0: right uh then you have the eagles from a pick that they acquired from the uh the saints they don't obviously need a not no all right then you have the carolina panthers they i think need they need a
1: quarterback <laughs> uh
0: the jaguars do not the cardinals should, and wait, 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 they, wait wait
1: wait 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 you're riding with Trevor Lawrence. I mean, at
0: this point, he's played really, uh, I wouldn't say really well, but he's played a lot better the last he's couple of He's played well
1: enough to warrant another season, I Especially
0: think. Especially with Doug Peterson and, and having another year with him, I think you'll see an even bigger jump. Kind of similar to the Justin Fields conversation. I would um, agree. And then Moving you have the, the Cardinals. They should look for another quarterback, but they are not going to. Um, and then you have the Colts. They're going to need a. quarterback. They definitely need a quarterback and the Raiders to to round it out. Those are the top ten. And, and realistically,
1: and no, no, hold on. Number ten, the Raiders. The Raiders do need a quarterback. The Raiders are done be with Derek Carr. Them this call, this season,
0: man. I wouldn't be surprised to see them call Green Bay and be like, hey, what'll it take to to get Rodgers over here? We'll send you Derek Carr and our first round draft pick and next year's first. I wouldn't be surprised.
1: Nope. So here's the thing. I, I agree to an extent. I don't think that Aaron Rodgers plays for the Green Bay Packers next year. I think it depends on what Tom Brady does. If Tom Brady retires, I think you see Aaron Rodgers go to Tampa, and that becomes the, the the, the I'm gonna last, say like, it, the old folks home. the <laughs> old folks home of quarterbacks, but. No, ultimately uh, I think Brady comes back for another season. Now that he doesn't, now that the Giselle is hanging out with a B, he should have plenty of time to focus on football. So
0: the Packers aren't eating all the dead money, unfortunately. And that's, that's what the problem is going to be. That's the
1: reality of the situation, right? For them
0: to get out of Aaron Rodgers, contract, he's going to have to, to retire, or they're going to have to eat the money. And I don't know. I, I, at this point, You're spinning your wheels with Aaron Rodgers. This isn't an Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, conversation, but it does kind of transition us into our next topic and our last topic for the night of buying stock into the Bears. And despite that loss to Green Bay, is the Bears stock still rising? And if you look at the NFC North right now, you have the Vikings at the top. I don't know if they're, you know, if they're, if they're going to stay up there, we've always seen these Vikings teams. They have a flash and then they, they piddle out towards the end of the the season and they lose in the playoffs. And then right. and they talk about getting rid of Kirk cousins and then they don't, then they don't. <laughs> right. And then it's the same thing. And they're surprised again, the next season, it's very similar yep. to the Packers situation, right? Where except for this year, this year, I, I think really signified that the Packers Need to look in the mirror and, and think about taking a step back to take a, a step forward. I'm cool with them taking a step oh. back and
1: never coming forward, but oh, me too. But ultimately, so to further elaborate on your point there, Ace, yes, I do believe the Chicago Bears stock is still rising after the most recent loss to Green Bay. The oh, uh, now we got a comment from our <laughs> Packer fan here, they stink. Yeah. Hopefully he was talking about Green Bay. No. I think he was.
0: I think he was. <laughs> Tyler's a Tyler's a sound football mind. I I have a feeling. Bet favorite. he he's, is. He's he's yeah, not gonna we, talk about the Bears. That's more of a uh, of a Packer take on that yeah. one. We
1: need to we need to bring Tyler on here to chalk up some of his latest We should, yeah, that'd be fun. And he confirmed that it was directed towards the Packers, so even better. Yeah. But ultimately, I think the Bears stock is trending up. You have what I'm going to say is a generational talent in Justin Fields at the quarterback position. You have solidified the quarterback position for the first time. Let me repeat that. For the first time in franchise history, you have solidified the quarterback position. I agree 100%. Just, just let that sink in yes. and realize how significant that is as a Bears. Here's fan. the thing. Even we if, don't have, even if he's not. It,
0: Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers or Peyton Manning. Like that's why no one is be, in 2022, right? He's still going to be a quarterback that I think the bears can win because of. And the last time they right. had a quarterback that there was even an opportunity for them to win because of was Cutler. And before that, never. <laughs> right.
1: And it was it one was-
0: year with Jay with the uh, the first year of, of oh.
1: So let me put it this way. I, Listening to Waddle and Sylvie the other day at work, and I hear them say Look at where we've came from, Bears fans. We were we were rooting for Rex Grossman, yeah. sexy Rexy sexy at one Rexy, point. Rexy, like baby. he was the answer, the saving grace of this franchise. Oh, and now you have a generational talent in Justin Fields, whom as long as he stays healthy, you now do not have to worry about the quarterback position for five to 10 years comfortably. Yeah. I I mean, mean, and at that point you're at that point, you're just looking to draft the next guy that he can mentor similar to what the Packers have done. That is one thing that I will say with the green Bay Packers is they do a better job than anyone in the league, fostering talent and getting guys to grow before they put them out there.
0: You know, Michael um, is a buddy of mine. He's a diehard Packer fan. So for this to come out of, I think it's kind of refreshing to hear Packer fans acknowledge the fact that like, Oh shit. Like the bears with Justin Fields have potential to actually be good. And
1: yeah. And you never saw that with any no prior bears quarterback. Right. So, so I it... found
0: myself Sunday. I know during the, the pregame show, you and I discussed like, you know, the best thing for the bears would be for them to lose that game against the Packers. And, you want right. to see Justin feel and the, the moment the game started, I was like, damn, I really want the Packers to lose this game. And that's just the bears fan in me. But right. Then, as it went on, it was like, okay, I'm watching Justin take bigger steps in the passing game.
1: Right. He's, he's making those clutch time throws, right? He's, he's putting more
0: trust into the wide receivers. Some of the wide receivers let him down. Um, Equinemius St. Brown, Brown,
1: that yep. not running the correct route there yep. and taking off slow. Everybody's like, oh, he threw a pick. No, no. Equinemius St. Brown wasn't in the right spot. Right, That's why he didn't run the route pick.
0: properly. And then the last interception, that was basically uh, throw it up to the end zone and hope your guy goes up and gets it. So right. I don't count those two interceptions. I know they'll count towards the stats, but, but if you look at the actual game that he had, He opened up the passing game. That was the best passing game he's had in his career as a as a professional. I
1: I would argue I would argue one other game is probably tied with that, and it's the game that I always go back to. Steelers. The Steelers last year. I mean that that game and last week against Green Bay, although the Bears lost, it that loss ultimately wasn't because of Justin Fields. And I mean, th-
0: th- like you were going against Aaron Rodgers and say what you want to say. That dude does not get more hyped for any other game than when he plays the Bears. Yeah, I saw Period. his
1: interview with uh, pardon my take with Barstool Big Cat. Yeah, shout out to Barstool Big Cat. And he, you know, they were talking about how our Super Bowl is watching the Packers lose in the playoffs, 100%. right?
0: Like
1: 100%. 100%. And I'm okay with. Uh, having the joy of watching the Packers lose in the playoffs uh, when my team's not doing good. But as Michael alluded to in the comments, give the Bears two years in the draft and they're a 10-win team if healthy. I think next year you see this team take a big step. If they take the right approach in the draft and in free agency, this roster is completely different from 2023. And I think you're going to see some tough losses that fans aren't going to like. I think you're going to see David Montgomery's not going to be on the team. Right. I know that's a hard pill to swallow because we all love the David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert duo, but you don't pay running backs, and I don't want to get into that conversation. Yeah, we can save that for
0: Sunday. Here,
1: you and I can sit here and talk that for hours. Yeah. But It's something we uh, agree on yeah. 100%. Ultimately, you don't pay running backs. You're going to see some moves like that. And you started to see that this year with Roquan. Mm -hmm. Everybody's so upset about Roquan Smith being traded to Baltimore. But you basically traded Roquan Smith for Chase Claypool, and you needed a receiver more than you needed a linebacker. Honestly, at this point, Jack Sanborn is an undrafted free agent who's – Outlived his expectations significantly. Is he Roquan Smith? No. And I mean it would be naive, he, would be naive for me to say that. Oh.
0: Hey, time out. Let's let's you know, I'm the stat guy. I, I pulled Alright, let's go up to the here, stats. All right? you We're pull gonna up... go to the stats. When did Roquan leave the Bears? What week? Was that we uh three weeks ago? Ta-da. Three or four. I'm looking right now. Alright, so he left the The Bears in week nine was his first week with Baltimore. Baltimore. He had two solo tackles. Then he had five or six tackles, five tackles, six tackles. Okay. So that's a four game span since week nine. Wait, right. Right. That's what I said. Week nine. Uh, We go to Jack Sanborn, the man. Uh, (laughs) man. (laughs) Week nine. He had seven solo tackles. Week 10, nine. Week 11, eight week 10 uh 12 10 and then last week he had 9
1: so if Those you're asking solid me, numbers for an undrafted
0: 100% they made the right call moving on from Roquan Smith and the reason I think it works is because of your head coach i think it works because the hits mentality you're you're getting into this young guy's mind and you're empowering him in that position hey man this Well is and position.
1: he's playing for a contract right, right? He wants to be a starter on this team. So and I
0: think I think going forward, he
1: should be. The middle linebacker position er, er, I mean the middle linebacker position is the foundation of the defense that we're running. The problem, however, alludes to you don't pay the guy that plays middle linebacker 20 plus million right. if he doesn't rush the quarterback. Right.
0: Like Sanborn plays the perfect role. It's Hey, I'm going to be sideline to sideline. I'm going to get the tackle if it makes it past the, the first wave and bring that person to the ground.
1: The one argument that you can say against Sanborn is he's slow, but they didn't pick him up because he's fast. So, right. I mean, ultimately, he's he's a warm body out there on the field and he's exceeding expectations. He's an undrafted free agent. What expectation can you have for an undrafted free agent? Exactly. At the end of the day, you know, any sort of positive uptick like we've seen with him is a success it's a win-win for the bears now before we get out of here ace we are running short on time so Mm -hmm. i do want to say i'm gonna give you my prediction with what the bears do with their pick whether it's two three or four i believe the chicago bears trade back and capitalize by getting as many picks as they can i think you see a couple second round picks and a first round the following year something of that sort and i think ryan poles jumps all over that and drafts a little bit later uh i think he drafts for volume you know ultimately if you draft for volume and you're getting all of these guys that you've scouted really well you're going to hit more than you're going to fail. I mean, nobody's draft rate's 100% success, but, you know, I think that you see them draft for volume. I agree. uh, Let's end the show on that note, guys. Packers suck! As always, the Packers suck. Really good interaction tonight from everyone in the chat. Uh, We appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, With that being said, we are live right here on the Undefeated Sports Network each and every Sunday with our Bears pregame show out of High Bear Nation. We will do a little bi-week recap this Sunday morning. Although the Bears aren't playing, we will still be here live on the air for you guys, so look for it there. We've got some big news here in the coming weeks. We have a giant guest, probably the largest guest in the history of the Undefeated Sports Network, joining us not this coming Sunday, but the following Sunday. Uh, there will be some more details to come about that guys huge show lined up for not this coming sunday but the next sunday so be sure to stay tuned for all of that information if you are not already doing so please be sure to go like subscribe and follow the undefeated undefeated sports network on all major social media platforms we are on twitch twitter facebook youtube if you go subscribe to youtube you will not miss any of the content And we are working on getting the audio-only Spotify podcast up for you guys momentarily. We are working on that. Hopefully, by the end of this month, we will be Spotify approved. You do got to jump through a few hoops there. It's not as cut and dry as you would think it would be. But we are working on that. We will continue to work passionately to give you guys the best content possible each and every week. With that being said, Ace, appreciate you as always, brother. Everybody, thank you for joining us. Have a good night.